once. I didn't want to arrive too early, but I also didn't want to miss a single second. I didn't know any of his friends, but a year ago, I couldn't even have imagined being invited to such a party. I can't believe I actually strategized over the exact arrival time I should go for. I wanted to enter at the precise moment when things were just taking off, the lighting of the touch paper. Too early and I would have seemed desperate, too eager and possibly a bit dull. A moment too late and the atmosphere would have come into existence without me and I would have been an outsider from the very start. Why did I agree to come to this thing? His friends are so pretentious. Look at them fawning over him. His book being on the shortlist is great, but how many of these people would have turned up if it weren't? He's a headline. I've known him since we were the ones skinny dipping in the river down the woods behind the primary school. I'm shouting this inside my head, obviously. Oh, no. Now they're putting chairs out for a reading. I know how this is going to go. They'll go round the room asking everyone to select a passage to be read. Jackpot! I literally could not have timed it better. I was in the lift with his school friend. And as we got to the door, the literary editor of the Observer newspaper was chatting to someone pretty important from Harper Collins. They were mid-flow in a conversation, and it was us stepping out of the lift that led them to ring the doorbell. The school friend casually knew both of them and graciously introduced me. I couldn't believe his nonchalance. As the door opened, canapes and champagne wafted out. I'm here for him. Keep telling myself that, for who he really is. He's making me feel quite sick right now, but he knows I know. I didn't even bother to speak to him when I came in. Between his air kisses to each sycophant that came in when I did, he smirked and winked in my direction, and that was probably the only bit worth coming for. The only authentic action to be beheld at this entire vomit fest. I cannot believe that I actually got called upon to select a passage from his book for him to read. Of course I chose the part from Jamie's childhood in which he ran naked through the woods with his friend after escaping from the farm they'd been held in. And he didn't just read it, but he chose that passage to be the one in which he went off-piste and started explaining some of the connections with his own childhood. He said he was touched that I liked this part. He said this out loud and nodded at me. Oh, no. Please not that bit. Surely he'll have to give me some sort of signal as he goes through this piece of self-indulgent rewriting of our history, where he aggrandizes his own importance while reducing me to some kind of pouting spaniel. I can't take much more. Oh, another wink. At least he is still present. What if I hadn't turned up? As he read, I looked across to his school friend and smiled. His expression said so much. Envy? Ignorance? Perhaps it was awe. Anyway, my ears never left the reading. But even this glance at someone so clearly indebted to his friendship left me dizzy with the condescension to remember someone so insignificant from his childhood and to include him not only in the book, but at such an important gathering. It didn't stop there. As he finished the section, he looked directly at his school friend and winked. To have been the recipient of a gesture like that, I could have lived off that for years. I looked back at the friend and his face was unmoved. So rude. Well, I've done my bit and now I can get out of here. I saw one of the maggots looking at me and I could almost feel a laugh swelling. 
He's disdainful. At least we'll have a laugh over that tomorrow. Where does he find these people? Then he got up and seemed to be making for the door. I had an impulse to go after him, but it wasn't my place to tell him what I thought of him. He's pathetic, and why waste my breath when I could actually join the queue to get my copy of the book signed? Not just signed, but an actual personal message. Oh, thank goodness. Book signing. I can get up as if I'm doing what everyone else is preparing to do. Join the queue. I'll grab a bottle of champagne as well as I leave. That's my wink to him. I couldn't believe it. He even stole a bottle of champagne as he went out the door. He saw me look at him. I hoped he had the intelligence to perceive my disgust in the scale that I mustered in that millisecond. He didn't. I'm holding the champagne bottle in my hand, and I'm looking over trying to make sure he sees me leaving, and my view is blocked by the queue. But the maggot is looking over. Oh, why not? I came to feed the fantasy. He winked at me! I'm back in the lift. As my turn came, I was thinking of mentioning the theft and asking him why he'd invited someone like that. I decided against it. I knew the answer. Pity and compassion. What a man! He looked at me and smiled and wrote the words in my book that I will muse on for the rest of my life. The hero of a story is the one who lets someone else tell it. With love, from Jamie's school friend. You have just listened to Heaven and Hell, written by John Harper. The Sycophant was played by John Harper, and Jamie was played by Ian Cowison. Thank you for listening. Once is curated by me, Florence Hood, and our credits music is by Ben Hood. Our audio supervisor is Kat Soloviev. Thanks to Naomi Hopkins and Eleanor Whiteley for help with our scripts. To find out more about us and our contributors, head over to at OnceFictionPod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash OnceFictionPod to make a pledge and get access to bonus content. Goodbye.